Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Crowd cheers. Here's Siddle. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Two Slips and a Gully. G'day, Glenn. Hello. And Gary, how are you? Oh, good, mate. Yourself? I am excellent. We are in the final countdown phase of the England-West Indies test series that's starting. We're super pumped. We're ready to go. We cannot wait, but we've got a rant about that coming up shortly, so stay (laughs) fine-tuned for that. The main part of this episode is one that we're actually very excited about. It is Micaiah and Teeny's birthday this week when we refill, when we uh, recorded this, and we thought it'd be great to just spend some time and have a look at his very influential career because he was actually the first coloured player to play for the South African cricket team. So it's quite a milestone. So we're going to go through and. Uh, Look how this uh, how this career unfolded and how it impacted international cricket and what a, a tremendous step in the right direction for a country that unfortunately has quite a checkered past when it has to deal with racial uh, involvement in their professional sports. So this is a, a great story coming out of that. And we've also got another local cricket hero to, to discuss coming up. So all of that is coming up next. So, as we talked about at the top, we're going to have a chat about Makaya and Tini and uh, how much his involvement has shaped the cricketing landscape. So, leading off from there, like I said at the top, first coloured player to represent South Africa, which is an incredible milestone um, considering you know the apartheid history of South Africa. And um, so, and that's something that you can't take away from Makaya and Tini was was the first. And if you're following sort of his history leading to representing South Africa, it is straight out of a Hollywood biopic movie. It is, Mm. it's a real rags to riches story. He was a cow farmer in the real rural parts of, of South Africa and was actually noticed when a player came to, um, or sorry, a coach came to set up a, a, a coaching camp for children much younger than him. And he was 15 years old and just sort of hung out with the group and just was just keen to bowl bowling barefoot um, yeah. attracted the attention of this guy who was you know setting up for much younger kids sent him off to the the closest town and he gave him some shoes and let him bowl there and he impressed the next coach there so then they sent him to to Queenstown and actually bought him his first set of cricket boots to actually get him and have a net session and and train he actually had to be told by this coach don't wear these inside and don't wear them when you go and herd cattle. These are your cricket boots. <laughs> and I love it. Two years later, he was representing South Africa in the under nineteen side. So it's just it's just one of those things that it couldn't be more perfectly written to make a a, a sports movie about. And so 
Um, it's just yeah. a phenomenal career. That that wouldn't have really happened uh, in Australia. You know, you don't you don't see stories like that here so much. Um, well, not in modern times. You know, you wouldn't have a, a, a cattle farmer. Um, you know, see a boy who they've just got like chasing around. Yeah, not cattle. like running around barefoot, and like I'm surely there's a cattle farmer that might have gotten noticed and with no real access to get to. It's a high-level coaching, but a 15-year-old running around barefoot would be yeah. pretty rare. So it's, it's just um, – and he fashioned himself quite a phenomenal career. So he ended up playing 100 tests as a bowler, which is very impressive, especially a fast bowler. Um, took 390 wickets for 28 in test cricket mm. and um, played 173 ODIs and took 266 wickets for 25 or 24 and a half, just sort of – Rounding down a little there, so he's he's had quite a, um, like it was it was a good career. I think he was actually ranked as high as number two in the ICC, um, bowling rankings, which is yep, no mean feat. Not many bowlers uh, play more than a hundred tests. There are a few now. Um, you know, Broad Anderson are the the most recent ones. Um, but when you go down that list, uh, there's a lot of lot of legendary bowlers who didn't get to 100. And a lot of the players that um, do end up bowling, uh, playing in 100 games, tend to be, if they are, aren't are spinners, they tend to be sort of medium paces players where the, mm, their yeah. bowling action isn't... He was, he was an attacking sort yeah. of out-and-out out out bowler. Yeah. He, he he, with probably not the perfect technique either. Um, we did... I did mention uh, last week about how the reason that he jumped wide of the crease... Now I, I can't, can't actually verify that. I, yeah, I tried to find the um, the the article, but I I think it, it was just something that a commentator said when um, when I, when they were watching him play. Um, so yeah, the reason being that um, he used to play on a lot of synthetic pitches. So and he had that wide angle because he yeah. was, he only owned the one pair of cricket he only, boots. He only wore spikes, and he yeah. couldn't um, couldn't take the spikes out, so he couldn't obviously yeah. play on synthetic. So and that's where you get that sort of very distinctive um, wide mm. wide action from Intini. Yeah, I think he, I think he knocked uh, Justin Langer out at one point in his career as well. I might be thinking of someone else, but um, I'm pretty sure it was him. It was a game. Yeah. Um, it was relatively late in Langer's career. I'm pretty sure. Like mm. um, Ponting was the captain of the side. I'm pretty sure. And um. Like Langer was talking about it afterwards that if Australia needed Langer to bat and Ponting said he couldn't bat, like Langer was like, I won't speak to you ever again. It was like, this will end our friendship <laughs> if you don't let me go out and play. I mean, yeah, I mean, looking, getting a little bit distracted here, but he did get hit in the head by a lot of bowlers, Justin Langer. Well, he's only about four feet tall, so yeah, yeah. everything was a bouncer to him. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, his first ODI, which was his um, first game playing for the top level. South African's cricket side was actually in one of our favourite setups, which was a tri series in Australia between South Africa, Australia, and New Zealand. So he debuted against New Zealand on the sixteenth of January, nineteen ninety eight, and Glenn actually watched the game. It's it's not surprising that I watched the game. Um, you know, I pretty much watched every game. That's right. That's what we said like, for like, most of these tri series. <laughs> There's no days off. There's no taking yeah. the. Uh, yeah, you know, we recommend it for some of those that might have some girlfriends that aren't super keen on it. Gives you yeah. some browning points, but even mm-hmm. if it didn't involve Australia, we were watching it. I, I never took the browning points. Um, yeah. At that that point, I was like uh, thirteen, so you know. Um, but I do, yeah, I do remember them making a, a bit of a, a sort of big deal about um, him being the first coloured uh, Af- uh, player to to play for South Africa. Um, and I, of course, I didn't understand why they were making a big deal of this. Um, but if we want to take a step back and maybe explain that for for people who don't know, um, the South African team was was actually um, it was they were removed, removed from international removed sport. from international sport. Yeah, for I mean, it was up until the nineteen nineties, early nineties, um, and and this sort of went back all the way like. Bradman's time-ish, I think. Oh, uh, I think it's quite like, that late. But yeah, um, but yeah it was quite but a while. But they were out of the game for a long, long time. Um, and the apartheid was, was the issue, I believe. 
Um, there might have been others, but I think that was the main one. And, uh, yeah, so it was a big deal for that reason. Um, and I remember watching him and, and, yeah, he had a really good game in that, that first game back. I remember that. He was actually, like, really scary. Yeah. Scary to watch. Yeah. But he was so raw. But, but it was also something very, very different. Yeah, yeah. Different technique. You just uh, – I don't know. You could you could kind of tell even from that point, even though he was raw and young, yeah. that he he had something about him. Yeah, you can um, you can tell about those people that, and you look at him and you go, "There's there's something there." Mm, yeah, just um, he just ran in with a with with gusto, um, and yeah, got two for thirty odd. Two, I think two, off his two for thirty one off ten overs. Yep, was, um, what he got in his debut. So. Mm. That's quite, a good start. Quite impressive. In a win, um, he got out Perore and Fleming got the captain out. So mm. can't ask much more than that. Yeah, he was. I mean, that's that's probably the best player of of that time, Stephen Fleming. Yeah, for New Zealand, you'd think. Yeah, well, maybe got, after after Crow retired. I mean, well, you, Crow wasn't in this game, so you other notable players were Chris Cairns and Nathan Astle. Um, that were Chris Gans is a very highly rated player, but Fleming und- undoubtedly would have been the best batsman in that. Um, Astor was a bit of a gun in that lineup. So I remember Astor. He was yeah, a- yeah. <laughs> but Cairns was an all rounder. Mm. Wow, he was a bowler who could. He was like that Lance Klusner sort of yeah. mold player for them. Not quite that good, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't ever bat in the top order, but yeah, I remember Cairns being a very ha- handy all rounder. But yeah, so and then his uh, his first test was against um, Sri Lanka later that year. So he started um, his early part of his career was sort of plagued with some inconsistencies. He you know was a bit expensive here and there, but he sort of came back to the side in about the year two thousand, and then was just just a lock for the team basically from then, and was um, mm. really known for like he was not express express quick. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't super accurate either. He was a guy that would go for um, boundary balls. I suppose you'd say he's probably a quicker version of when Peter Siddle was in his prime for mm. Australia. He was a guy that would just run in and give his all yeah. all day. He was relentless. He just gave... Yeah, I, I, I sort of think of him as a, an attacking bowler. But even though he wasn't express, he was he was quick enough and always... Looking to hit the stumps, yeah. you know, he'd give you a half volley, he'd give you a, a short, long hop every so often. But yeah, he yeah, it was relentless, but at workhorse, he just came in and yeah. just never stopped. But he, he saw also, like, those stats, um, he played in a time where there, it wasn't really on for a lot of fast bowling, you know, like, a lot of them were, were trying to be like Glenn McGrath, and I think McGrath sort of built his, his style on necessity, because... The pitches were very batting friendly, I think. Mm. Um, I can't think of, of like that era of any other bowlers who really succeeded from the well, late, I suppose he like played fast fast bowlers. Well, not yeah, Express Express, maybe Akhtar, but mm. in his own team he would have had um Pollock. But mm. again, he was more of that McGrath sort of mould. Yeah. Bit, used the newer ball a bit more than McGrath did, but um, it was essentially that nagging line and length. Yeah, there's definitely actor. He, he didn't have the longevity of Teeny. Um, maybe some of the, the English guys like Harmison, but yeah, I mean, he... he uh, yeah, but they didn't do all that good until they were in England. Yeah, exactly. Harmison, around Harmison around. notoriously was, was not a good traveller. Um, <laughs> maybe... Chamindavas from he, Sri Lanka. Yeah. He again. He was an express though. He mm. was, um, yeah, medium. So definitely broke that mold um, of of yeah, just being the line line of length. So, certainly a pacer. few as few quick bowlers that you know sprung up and had um, impressive careers. But Nintini was that one, especially to get to a hundred tests. He yeah. also holds the unfortunate um, distinction of being one of only two bowlers that have played for. A hundred tests, well, and not scored a fifty. <laughs> yeah, and uh, McGrath is not one of those. I know. Yeah, I know. Pidge got his fifty. Yeah. It's Courtney Walsh is the other one. Courtney Walsh. Yeah. Doesn't Courtney Walsh have almost the most ducks? I think it is the most ducks. I think it might be. Yeah, I think he is. Um, but 
Courtney Walsh also had that innings where he did the really like, um, oh, like the exaggerated, the exaggerated leave. Yeah, that was that was against Australia, wasn't like, it? Yeah, to me, that's as good as scoring a hundred. <laughs> like, for, forget about that. Just, uh, just give me footage of that. He also faced. Colin Funky Miller when he had his blue hair. <laughs> and that he couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, he couldn't stop laughing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was there that day. <laughs> um, just circling back to Antini a little bit. So it was quite a big thing in South Africa. He actually, in um, a couple of interviews that I've seen researching for this, he got um, uh, Desmond Tutu actually um, spoke to him. Um, and some of the, the biggest advice he said he gave him was never and never underestimate the value of you as a human being and never think that everybody knows you. Meeting someone, you must always say your name as well. Mm. So sort of, you know, this is a guy that is going to be adored by any young, you know, coloured cricketer going through South Africa at the time. He's automatically going to be a role model. Mm. And yeah, you know, helped him. He said it helped him really stay grounded. And then the other thing he had was from um, Nelson Mandela, who told him, "You're a star. You need to go home and tell everyone that you are a star." And so, yeah. like, he was. So that's that's some serious advice from two serious yeah. people. And and the funny thing about that is those two guys were born in the same neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. That's one of the crazy <laughs> facts about South Africa. These um people who are. Hugely influential worldwide, were born a few blocks away from each other. I do think, though, coming back to Natini, that I wonder what it was like for him personally, because yeah, at, at the, the time in South Africa, the responsibility of that would be huge. It would be immense, mm. and there, I'm sure there's a small faction in South Africa that wanted him to fail, Matt wanted him yeah. to be look ridiculous, and and and. Prove a point that yeah, they you may have if had. He, if he did fail, and it was just like this is why you didn't get to play. Yeah, you, um, and then just crippled cricket for yeah that, for, that. for coloured players in the country. I know that there's there's a lot of you know things in place in terms of your, your quota system and things like that, which they've put in to make sure that doesn't yeah. happen. But it would have just been such a, a really gut wrenching thing for. You know, cricket over there for Antini to fail. From from what I can hear, he kind of downplays that factor as well. He he sort of says, "Well, I'm not the first Afrikaans to play." Um, you know, he says Herschel Gibbs, um, Afrikaans, and and Paul Adams. A, Paul Adams, like, um, have these these backgrounds. So, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know whether uh, that was just a way of taking the pressure off or. Um, uh, I don't know. If, if you're in that situation, I'm 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 sure you'd try to find yeah. another way out. You, of you as would well. you would want to be known for your record and your uh, ability. Yeah, not not yeah. because you're the first, you know, yeah. coloured player for your country. Yeah. Um, and I shudder to think how many players they may have produced over the years, but didn't. Mm. You know yeah. I mean? Good point. Yeah. But yeah, I I. There would have been thousands of them. I know that there's unfortunately pockets of the world that um, like to take down players like that. That you know, you know, um, what's the right word for it? You know, just they're forcing him in there like they've got a spot. Like especially with the quota system, they've only got a spot because of their color. The, the and, token, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. token guys. Um, yeah, affirmative actions. You know, yeah, position. But I think Antini. Oh, I don't even think Antini definitely has proved himself that it's oh, not yeah. an affirmative action play. He no. came out and you it was, play. You play long term and you average under thirty. Well, you don't um, play a hundred and one. Was it hundred and one tests for your tests. country? Just by being the token guy yeah, and second, got as high as second in the ICC rankings. Like yeah, because that, that, that's that's totally not a thing. He was there on merit and he was there on skill. And yeah. considering the fact that he was picked up as a 15-year-old barefoot in the middle of the wilderness and then within two years was representing the under-19s system. Can you imagine being the scout who found him? <laughs> Just D- like- well, really, if, if that was – it depends, it depends, I suppose. If you, if you were that scout in England or Australia, yeah. you'd be like, oh, yeah, this guy's great. Yeah, But it might have been a little bit different, mm. don't you think? I don't oh, know. We've got this kid, man. He looks so good. Oh, but yeah, yeah. He's a coloured player, yeah, and yeah, they're like, "What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, that's not happening. <laughs> but thankfully, thankfully it did happen. In your and head, they're brutal. No, I, I, su- I suppose they were for a long no, time. A little bit. <laughs> ask, yep. ask Nelson Mandela what they were like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, yeah, I, I, thankfully, in the end, it all prevailed. Yeah. And, we, and we've got these great players that are coming out of South Africa now. Because, like, was it Rabada? Oh, he's another good one. Oh, yeah, Kagizo Rabada, you know, certainly following in those sort of footsteps, and he is going to be a phenomenal player when it's all said and done. He is going to have a truly special career. Like, everyone was talking about how great Dale Steyn is, and Dale Steyn, in my opinion, is in the top five. Because ma- you rank him better than Alan Donald. Steyn? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Nah, he shouldn't be. Um, <laughs> I, I, you didn't see that much of Donald, though. I, I could... I, I didn't see that, that much of Donald, no, but I, I could make a, a quite an impassioned argument to get Dale Steyn somewhere in the top three bowl, fast bowlers ever. Mm. I'm happy to be convinced otherwise, but I would make that argument and not feel like a tool yeah. saying it. And, I mean, he's definitely in the conversation. And and Rabada is taking wickets at a quicker rate in the early part of his career than Dale Steyn is. So mm. if Rabada stays healthy and manages to play a, a long career, it's going to be special. And players like that have a lot to, uh, a lot to thank Makaira and Teeny for, for being that, um, taking yeah. that first step and definitely, and, yeah. and being that guy that's got to cop all the pressure and, and, for, and, you know, not giving up and forging out that, that career. And mm. I, I think there's positive news in the works as well. Did you know he has a son? Who's in the, who uh, was called up to the under 19 <laughs> yep. squad. Uh, he got a contract at the start of last year. He's 19 years old. Right. And, um, yeah, he's left-handed, right-arm bowler. And, um, yeah, played a few 2020s in so, a domestic comp. So possibly Ntini could be bowling to war again if Austin War comes through. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be weird. That would be rather interesting. Yeah, what are the chances of that? <laughs> So um, he's actually played a couple of first-class games as well. His son, Thando Ntini, he's taken 20 wickets in seven matches at 25. So yeah. it's not half bad. He's like, well, yeah, that's, oh, you know, I've looked at your record, Dad, and uh, I'm beating it. <laughs> yeah, it's not good enough, oh, old yeah. man. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> He's taken 18 wickets in 12 matches in List A cricket, so it's uh, certainly a promising start from there. He looks like he's um, certainly got the good, so obviously yeah, following you- in your dad's footsteps is something that's going to make Mackay a very proud father indeed. All right, thank you for that energetic introduction to our soapbox for this evening. And uh, it's one that we are all genuinely upset about. And that is to do with the countdown that we've been giving for the last few episodes. Test cricket is on our doorstep. England versus the West Indies, ready to go. We're psyched. We're happy. It's fantastic. We've been in COVID for so long. We're finally getting test cricket back. And one that's genuinely interesting because we always like to see England lose and we all like to see the West Indies do well. So there's a lot riding on it for us Mm. emotionally. We've built it up. Even though we're not Australian. They're making lawyers of us now. And, And Gary, what's happened? Unfortunately, Aaron, someone from Fox Sports has decided not to televise it in Australia. What? Yeah. So... I think I should make it my mission to find this person <laughs> and taking the shit out of him. Yeah, so you're, you're doing, you're, you're Liam Neesing it. I am Liam Neesing it. <laughs> oh. So for those of you that may have not, so Fox Sports, the provider for cricket in this country, one that has decided to dedicate an entire channel to cricket. Now, this thing has just been playing five-year-old reruns of the Big Bash non-stop since this thing has started. Finally has <laughs> some live cricket to show. Always. Fox Sports always shows England tests. Always. Mm. It's always on. Like England versus South Africa, England versus India. Whatever. We f- they're there. We can see them. 
This one, the first series back after COVID-19 when there's starved for live sport, you're telling me that the dedicated cricket channel in Australia couldn't be bothered to go and get the rights to show cricket in Australia. Unfortunately, that's what I'm saying. It is utterly ridiculous. And I can't imagine, like, I just don't understand why, from any point of view, how this works. So Fox Sports obviously needs some content to go onto their channel. They've got to pay for it. They're worried about how much money it's going to be to get the rights. Yeah. Sky Sports, who I'm assuming is the primary broadcaster for um, cricket in England, who would be sharing the rights to this. I don't understand how any money that they were getting would have been turned back. There's no competitor for Sky Sports in Australia. There's no other way for Australians to watch Sky Sports than through Foxtel. So even if Fox were like, oh, man, we burnt through all our savings because of COVID, we haven't really got that much to go and buy the rights for the cricket, surely Sky Sports would just be like, just give us what you got and we'll take it. And we'll, you know, you can, you know. Well, otherwise they don't. Next they don't time, sell next it. time for the ash, we'll just charge you more for the ashes. You know, next time they come out, all right, we'll work. It's fine. How could they be turning down any money from? Like, I could get it if it was like competing, like there were the competitors, and Fox lost out to another competing market that would televise cricket in Australia. But there is yeah. no one. There's no competitor to, to to for for live cricket over in England in Australia. No. So, like. Even if they said, look, all we've got now is this half-empty packet of chips and a high-five and, you know, this picture of stuff. <laughs> like, just take it. Hang just on, take it. What's the picture of? <laughs> just use your imagination. <laughs> but, like, how do you say no to anything? Like, surely Sky Sports was getting hurt from this COVID thing. So there's no one that's like, no, no, we're just going to take more money from these guys. Maybe blackmail. I'm just throwing I it just, out there. I just don't <laughs> Someone really doesn't want that just, series shown. I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know. I, I don't have your answers, so I'm just throwing out ridiculous, it's it's ridiculous brand, proposals. <laughs> like, surely they had to open up the coffers to get it. And if they didn't have enough there, how does Sky Sports say no to anything? Like... How? <laughs> it's just there doesn't seem any reason for Sky Sports to price it out of Fox of Foxtel's market because that's just cutting off a whole market. See, I, I don't think they have priced it out. I just I think Foxtel have just gone. Oh, no one in Australia be yeah, that interested. Nobody in, interested. I'm like, why spend the money? Exactly. Utter morons. Because mm. oh, it'll be on in the middle of the night and no one will watch it anyway. Well, someone's already brought it up on our on our Facebook page and. You know, um, you know. So that means that 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 they definitely feel strongly about it. You know, it's like not that, just. It like, was it was a couple of paragraphs too. It wasn't I, just like a couple of words. I've like, gone through the uh, through the the two slips in the gully Twitter feed, and there are quite a few prominent Australian people. Well, you know, there's more. It's more than just us yelling about it. There's plenty of people going. Fox is showing the t- the tests right, Fox, and like tagging Fox in it. You're you're ta- you're showing the test, so there's uh, there's yeah. enough people there, and then it's just there's enough interest. I just can't mm. <laughs> I can't understand why there wouldn't be. Yeah, C- considering you all pay so much money to watch it or to to have it, why? Well, you, you know, you're just asking people to cancel it if there's live sport on, and your option is to not show the live sport and instead show five year old replays of the 2020, mm. like. Or the 2010 I'm, World yeah, Cup. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm outraged. How am I going to, like, couch surf on Aaron's <laughs> couch and use his foxtail and watch it? <laughs> we'll find a way. There has yeah. to be a way. The oh. interwebs will assist us. Yeah. So well, that is our dilemma for this immediate moment is figuring out how we're actually going to watch this game, but there, there is there is a will, and as they say, where there's a will, there is a way. So, but yeah, it is just utter lunacy that I cannot mm. imagine. Oh, I think you're right. I think Fox Sports has gone well. We don't have a lot of money to spend, and England versus West Indies can't be that interesting. So why spend the little money that we do have yeah. on that? So it's not Sky Sports saying you can't have it. It's Fox Sports going. Um, it's not profitable. It's not profitable. I'm happy for someone for Fox Sports to contact us uh, to, and let me know that I'm wrong. 
or give me my money back because I want to watch the friggin' cricket. Mm, especially mm. that. So, but I think that's probably more what it is. They've just they've done a you know a risk reward analysis and decided that I still don't get it. It's yeah. it's wrong. It's a find that accountant. Twenty four hours a day cricket channel. The first game of cricket that's been on in months, not on. Especially considering that Australia has postponed the ODI series between us and Zimbabwe. I so know. there's even longer until there's more live cricket. Surely you'd just be like, all right, well, we'll just what money we had spent to set that up and drag all of our Fox stuff to Darwin and Townsville and wherever they were holding it, we'll just... We'll cancel that and we'll put that money and we'll give it to Sky Sports so we can show something. Mm. It's not that hard. <laughs> no. And it, it's not like it had cost them a, a fortune. It's England and the West Indies. Mm. And they're trying to broadcast it in Australia. That's what I mean. They, they, England just probably be happy. Sky, I can imagine Sky Sports just be like, who wants it? How much do you want for it? They'd be charging the Indians an arm and a leg because they can afford it. So the Indian broadcasting channels, they're just like, no, nah, you, you're going to give us lots because you've got all the money. But like, if anyone else would just be like, do you want it? 20 bucks. Come on. Yeah. 15. Three for 18. I've, I've heard it's on in yeah. New Zealand. If that upsets anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the borders are open Whoa, now, right? wait, wait. <laughs> it's on in New Zealand. I have heard that. Oh, uh, maybe we could just like zoom prime. zoom meeting someone in New Zealand while they're watching it. Just set the tablet up in front of the TV and leave it until the morning. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, it's like I don't know. Get a radio broadcast of it and you know act it out. What is this? <laughs> Black and white times. There's color TV now, Glenn. We're not watching the radio. <laughs> no, you act it out. That's a, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. You get like like the little cricket ball on a fishing rod, so you can and, do the slow motion. And you got to get like yeah. uh, <laughs> you got to get the radio announcer that just speaks just a little bit too quickly. And that's a wonderful shot from Bradman as he runs through. That's yeah. a glorious shot through the covers. Bradman moves to ninety five. Yeah, in that kind of strange Australian accent where we're, we're in the uh, transition phase, where some of us still had that bit of English accent still in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love that accent. Oh, maybe we could do that. We could do a live no, broadcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> if we we is, actually can't. For those of you, we. If we, anyone's doing this, Glenn's doing it, and we get to watch. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm for it. <laughs> Commentate via interpretive dance. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, as you can tell, we are very animated about this, and we think it's an absolute travesty that, um, a, a, a provider, you know, the pay TV provider. So they've already got people paying to have this service. The service includes a 24-hour cricket channel, and it's something they've always had. Mm. I, yeah, I just I cannot believe that Sky Sports would have priced it out of their reach. They would have just been desperate for as many people to show it as possible because they've got to fill their coffers too. So I just I think that it has to be that Fox has decided it's just not worth spending the money on and we'll try again next year as sports start to get back to normal after, you know, the whole COVID-19 crisis. But it's just such a, just an astonishingly short-sighted and just outrageous way to treat the the people that are paying for your product, mm. especially considering there is quite a bit of interest on um, uh, as we've been going through this, I've actually been looking up, there's a Fox sports help desk where and the topic i'd searched for was west indies v england right test and there's six separate people going straight to foxtel their website asking where is this so it's so right there's interest there so for every six one of those people there's surely got to be 10 or 15 or 20 more that are just should we call for our listeners to bomb them Yes, absolutely. Not, <laughs> I mean, not, not literally. I mean, bomb their web page. Yeah, with questions with about. <laughs> it. Oh my oh, goodness! Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Our PG rating just went through the floor. We are not advocating violence, <laughs> Much. unless they give you a terrible answer. Yeah. Oh, we can be heroes. Just to 
All right, thank you, Mr. Bowie, for the lead-in. Uh, it is right, it's time for another round of local cricket heroes, and we've got another one from the saga that is the Bathurst Bush Rangers Cricket Club. <laughs> um, and it goes back story. to a guy who, I mean, none of us really ever called him by his name. So I don't we, even remember his name. Well, that's good. We're just going to call him Grub. Um and uh, he was a bit of a character. He had a, a lot of uh, sort of really, you know, like what they call in England, the, the village cricket traits, I suppose. But um, out here it would be, uh, I don't know, regional cricket. Yeah, regional. Uh, it's just it's just what happens. But um, so some of the factors of this guy, um, he was kind of a, an aggressive kind of personality. And uh, he had a rocket arm because he had a baseball background. Um and he could really throw fast, like ridiculous. Um, he was not a wicketkeeper's friend. No, not at all. Uh, I mean, like, you would think that that would be an asset for you in the field. You would think that, okay, you, you, you put him in the outfield and you, you know, you, you're going to run, run guys out and stuff like that. But it was really, it was more of a hindrance than anything because what, what became, like, obviously apparent was that we would have to have almost half the team backing up the keeper because he would hurl these in and they would be fast. They'd be flat, you know, flat, fast, but they would, they could be anywhere. Oh no! He, he didn't have any kind of technique. It was all arm sidearm sort of pelting it in. And you'd have like one guy backing the keeper up just in case it flew over his head one guy, you know, a little bit off to the side. And then, like, sometimes the guy backing up the keeper it would go over his head. He gave away more overthrows in the two seasons that he played than <laughs> yeah. I scored runs this year. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon, yeah. there was. We had so many fives, maybe a couple of sixes and sevens from the just the overthrow thing. Yeah, where they run um, a two and then they go for a four. Like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And sometimes, and it'd be even and, worse if he was angry. But like, it wouldn't matter if it was on the boundary. If he came yeah. chasing in, like steaming in from the boundary to pick the ball up, so he might only yeah. be halfway to the boundary bottom. It still came in that fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know like, that, and yeah. it wouldn't matter if he was at like mid off. Yeah. And only throwing to the bowler who didn't have pads and gloves to catch it. If he was thrown to the, he still <laughs> threw it that fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was almost like. It was a, a pride thing for him to yeah, show just, how fast to, he could like, throw. I, this, and the amount of times, the amount of times that it went over the keeper's head too. Like it was just like I said, yeah. it was just the compass was broken. He just picked it up and launched it, and yeah. it was just what are it, you doing? It was it was kind of like a, a kind of crap version of that scene in Mighty Ducks. You, you know the Fulton scene. Oh yeah, where, where he hits it really where he's hard. Hit it, like you know, the guy who hits it really hard, one of the Bash brothers in, in Mighty Ducks two. And they're like, Look out, it's Fulton and they all like sort of dive for cover. Um, <laughs> it's the other way around. We're like diving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, cr- oh okay, someone's throwing it in. Look out, it's Grub and we're all just like backing him up like the opposite. The worst thing is yeah. For the most part, we weren't a very good fielding side. No, so exactly. <laughs> was, even if when they were hitting it, we wouldn't get in the way of it very well. So the guy just throwing it randomly, yeah, it was just – it was certainly uh, – the Benny Hill music was playing in the background <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs> and it just – yeah, it, it goes back to those sagas in the, in the cricket club where it's like, did that really happen? Did he ever apologise? No, no he, was, he's not the kind of bloke who's, who's going to apologise. Oh, it wasn't that hard. Just toughen up and catch it. Look, he wasn't the most popular guy, but, he, you know. He wasn't, he wasn't terrible. He wasn't he was, terrible. He was, yeah, just, yeah, a, he was, he was just, just one of the guys that just had some, a couple of like annoying traits. Um, so, anyway. Uh, he was also, with his, his baseball background, he had one real shot, which yeah. was essentially the – Cow corner shot, but he ended up hitting it straighter more often than not. Yeah, and which was which, also dangerous. Which looked, looked okay. <laughs> he couldn't play a forward defence at all. Yeah. Like it just like at all. It was also really hard when we were training in the nets because when he played for the club a few years ago, we we're at a different uh, training ground, so it wasn't the most 
ideal location. It was on the side of a hill. The run-up areas was gravelly. <laughs> yeah. And then you get there, and this guy hit everything as hard as he could. Yeah. There was no finesse to his game. It was just, if I get hold of it, it is coming back down the ground yeah. as fast as I can hit it. And it's just... It was like diving. It's like mortar bomb shells going off. You're just trying to <laughs> yeah. get out of the way. Yeah. You'd be running in on a completely different net, and this one's just gone, just flying out, and just nearly taking you out as you're running. It's the the kind of guy where you need shin pads to bowl to him in the nets. Yeah, you know, like um, yeah, nobody likes those guys. Like you're you're either going to bowl him out and feel you know kind of good about yourself until the next ball, or he was just going to smash it straight back at you. Yeah. Um, you got it in his arc. You just needed to get out of the way. Anyway, so our our team being our team, though, you know, he he sort of he got a go um, batting, sort of in the middle order, I think, and he made himself twenty runs one day, um, from hacking, you know, just you know, <laughs> but they, hacking the ball and and but and they were it, it were clean hacks though, like he cleanly just he yeah. got enough balls in his arc that he he. Hoiked his way to 20-odd. Yeah, I think a couple of them went over the slips too. They just kind of hit the edge of the bat and, and it was thick enough that it went over the slips. Um, made 20, but at our in our team at the time, someone who made 20, regardless of how they made them or what they looked like or what they looked like in the net, you see 20 runs and that guy's your bat. <laughs> what? That guy is... is, is, oh, is no. like he's So uh, he's gone from the middle order uh, and... The next game he batted at three. Jesus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's gone from middle order and he scored a 20. And on the, the strength of that lucky 20, he's gone to a three. He's a number three. So we're playing uh, a I believe, guy. I believe our captain at the time did want sort of a dying because the two openers were, were stayers at the crease. They weren't overly dynamic and it was that sort of – well, he scored 20 last week and he gets them in pretty, pretty quick fashion. So it sort of sparks the innings along a little bit. And yeah. Yeah. No. That's, I remember the week. Yeah. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the week after that, um, I got cleaned up pretty early. Um, we were playing a team that had a bowler who had sort of aged a little bit, but had been playing first grade and had kind of accepted recently that, first grade was too much for him uh, at his age. So he's playing second grade, and I think he was leading the bowling at that time, the bowl, the wicket-taking. And he got me pretty early on an LBW, which I thought was going over the top, but it was probably, in hindsight, it's one of those ones where it's like, um, yeah, it's just the batsman never thinks they're out. <laughs> so, yeah, I was totally out. And um, Grub went out at three and got cleaned up Completely first ball, um, and even fell over. Oh, he no. fell over. The, the, <laughs> oh, it, was, no. it was just a, like the guy's a left armer. He swings it back in, and um, yeah, he just got cleaned up first he ball fell over? and fell over. This is our new number three. Oh, our, well, our that's, great, that's helpful. Our great hope. <laughs> so your best batsman, yep. first ball faced, got bowled and fell over. Yep, and then was was kind of talking about it on the way up. Off as well. He's just like, oh, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have bowled me if I wouldn't have fallen over. Yeah, <laughs> like, he he slipped. He yeah. slipped trying to get on the front foot and play the shot. Oh, apparently. right. So your yeah. feet were in the wrong friggin' position to start off with. He he slipped after the ball hit the stubs, <laughs> I, I and wouldn't. then was walking off, going, oh, he only got me because I I tried to get you know I was trying to play the shot and I slipped over. It's Andrew he bowled me, and he we weren't buying it. We we're like, mate, you were. Out before yeah. you fell over, like how the right. hell are you guys in second grade? Um, we filled out a form. <laughs> 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 Look, that's pretty much it, isn't it? You know, it's, oh, it's, it's like getting into the district team in Lithgow. You know, you just show up. <laughs> default, 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 default. All right, so we got we got one other story. Uh, the the other story about this guy. Um, is that he would? I'll, I'll I'll tell it. He was he was playing for my side 
Yeah. When when I was captain of thirds. I don't think I was even there, but no, I No, you weren't there. That. You were off um being a, a hero in second grade cricket and I yep. was looking after filling out the form. I was I was looking <laughs> after all of the um all the other players in third grade. So he was we're drawing to the end of the season. I think we had three games left, but he was going on a holiday, um, or something like that. So he was gonna miss the next few weeks of cricket and you know, holiday and work and what have you. So he wasn't gonna get to play another game and so we were in a, a relatively good position. Um, but he got out for a duck. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was a skied one. He got caught on. It was actually a pretty good catch, if I remember right. It wasn't sort of like a an absolute sitter, but it was. It was still. He went too hard too early and he got, got himself out. Up. He got out for a duck. I didn't bat him at three though. Off a skied one. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> it was like second or third ball, and it was in. Oh, I was in my arc. <laughs> Second or third, no. he was, he run, everything. He was, he was, he was running back. He was running back and took a, a relatively comfortable catch. It over shouldn't his have shoulder. been in the friggin' air to start off. I, with. I know this is why anyway, I, uh, I had to captain sorry, this side. Sorry, sir, <laughs> as you were. And so he was a bit dirty at that. And he's like, "Oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play for the rest of the year. Can I get a bowl?" And I, st- I didn't say no. I just said, "Look, mate, I'm not entertaining anyone other than our normal bowlers till after drinks." So we played uh, 35 over game. So the first 17 or 18 overs were I had the bowlers planned out. The same bowlers we always do. And I said, look, I'll see what I can do, how we're doing, tracking towards the end of the game, but you're not getting a bowl in the opening, like, before drinks. This is – Yeah. Because we actually – we put on a pretty decent score. Um, was, you know, was on uh, – was, was on Raglan, so you would know that, that it's plenty oh. plenty of runs oh, out great. there. Um, yeah. We were probably behind par, but it was certainly a defendable score. Um, and so, yeah, so he was a bit uh, – he was a bit miffed at me when he left the, left the meeting. And then um, – so I'm setting the field, and I've got him at um, at, at mid on or long on or long off, covering the straight boundary, and then he's just out there texting on his phone. Yeah, and then um, <laughs> like call out to him and go, "What, what are you doing?" He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah," and put his phone in his pocket, and <laughs> get going, and then like four balls later, like the ball got hit out to square leg or something, and so then he's just there as the bowler's, you know, it's kind of thrown in out of the bowler, and he's just texting away on his phone (laughs) so i've just and i I said to him basically at at drinks i said mate look you're not getting a bowl he's like what do you mean i said you've spent the whole time out there on your phone because you were cranky wouldn't give you a bowl before drinks what makes them going to give you a bowl after drinks why didn't and he's just gone and he's gone so you're not going to give me a bowl my last game no mate you're not getting a bowl (laughs) (laughs) and so he picked up his kit got the car and left (laughs) <laughs> well, he took his bat and ball and went home. Took his bat and ball <laughs> and went home. Have you ever asked your captain for a bowl? Be honest. Yes, I have. Go ahead. Um, I can't. Seriously, have you ever asked your captain, can I have a bowl? I don't think I've recently. Um, yeah, I, I think I would have, yeah. Well, when you were like younger. When I was younger, yeah. Yeah, maybe when yeah. you were younger. I'm 40 years old. <laughs> I have played cricket for... Too long to be this bad. Um, mm. I don't think I've ever asked my captain for a bowl. Because you know what the captain would say. No, no, I'll, I'll do the whole, I'm warming up over here, <laughs> yeah, captain. Yeah, 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 You do the subtle hint. Oh, yeah, you do the hints. Oh, oh, not so subtle hint. Oh, yeah. You know, like you, you bowl it back to him. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do that most of the time because my arms are broken. But <laughs> never, ever walked up to him and said, you know what, I reckon I should bowl this. Yeah. Because I'm like... Don't make me bowl. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I've I've never never pestered the captain for a bowl, but I've always gone. Um, I think it was. Do you think? Oh, do you think? You, oh, do you want me to take one before drinks? Because it was. You know, I was in that sort of fringe, mm. you know, second yeah. or third chain sort of one. Yeah. But I've never sort of sat there going, "Can I have a can I have a bowl today? Do you reckon I'll get a bowl today?" As yeah. in, like, if I'm not expecting a bowl, I haven't gone and asked for a bowl. I've sort of asked, do you want me to get ready to bowl? Um, yeah. In that sort of sense. I have told the captain I'm bowling one time. Oh. Yeah. I don't think it counts. It was it, it was Mariah. Uh, you've right. done that a couple of times. Oh, and you. <laughs> that, was that, that was that T20 team that yeah. was just for shits and giggles. It was fun. You didn't you didn't bowl me until the fifteenth over, and I'm like, I'm bowling this. Give it to you. You took you. T- he did take two wickets, and then I'm looking around the field, I'm like, uh, better get somebody else. Make sure everyone has a go. And he walked up to me, took the ball off me, and said, "I just took two wickets. 
I'm having another one. <laughs> <laughs> and I've looked around everyone else and I'm like, yeah, yeah, riding up. So uh, Aaron's bowling this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think the worst worst one that's ever happened to me is one of our – we're playing Perthville, actually. One of our bowlers went for five sixes and a four in one over. Oh. Right. And my captain looked at me and he goes – you're coming on from the other end. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, me? Why me? <laughs> You'll be right. <laughs> and fate has it, this guy swung so, so hard. Missed it completely and took out his middle stump. And the whole, nobody celebrated. They're just like, oh. Oh, no, not a wicket. He'll be bowling for hours. <laughs> But yeah, everyone's just hey, what? Even my team was stunned. I'm like, what? I can do it occasionally. Yeah, and I, I think I ended up taking ten wickets that season because he's like, all oh, right, you get smashed, you get a ball all the time. Now. Oh, yeah. golden arm! It's always that that first spell of the year that's vital because yeah. people remember that one. My last one last year, it went for two overs, and it should have only went for one. Oh, that good. <laughs> Put it that way. I bowled a little bit last year. Nah, I didn't have time. I had the gloves on most of the time anyway. I bowled a one-over spell this year. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it was that bad. I It was just like we got a wicket from the other end and I'm like, oh, well, we should probably stop messing around now because we're in this. <laughs> <laughs> he did nearly bowl us to victory in a in a third-grade game we had to fill in for this year. It was against you, actually. Oh, was it? Yeah, that game. Yeah, that you bowled game. seven on the bounce, I think, if I remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I, I, I bounced most of them as well. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, uh, that was we've sort of got a little sidetrack there, but that was that was Grub. That was he was a very yep. interesting character. It was a couple of seasons. Yeah, so, certainly threw the ball hard. He hit the ball hard when he could actually hit it. Um, managed to, especially with the caliber of players he was against, forged him out. He, you know, a semi-respectable pub cricket career. Yeah, I, I think he I got would a so. got a fifty or two, I think, over his two seasons, just from the fact that people kept bowling it in the right spot. Yep, and he kept hitting it really hard. But I, um, I think I think he's a bit of an everyman uh, again. Like everyone knows a grub. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. got one of those. Everyone's got one. Just a bit, bit high strung. Comes from a different sport. Maybe doesn't quite get the nuances of the game. You can be a little abrupt and a little brash. Yeah. Genuinely harmless, but sometimes just really annoying. <laughs> So as this episode is drawing to a close, we are on the doorstep of the first test between the West Indies and England. So we thought we'd just have a bit of a chat about that, maybe give a, a brief prediction of what we're going to be doing, uh, what we sort of what we think is going to happen, um, and then just yeah, talk about how excited we are to do it. So I suppose um, Gary, you had some news about the well, it's not really news, but point of interest for. The um the captaincy of the England sword. Yeah, apparently Ben Stokes has been named as captain. Hmm. Yep. So um, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, Joe Root's out. I believe it's the birth of his child. Yeah. I think he's out. That's for. what I heard. And then so um, captain indiscretions outside a nightclub is running the team. Mm. How did that happen? He would. He couldn't play. To you. Well, well, it's almost. Well, it's, it's probably on, the equivalent. On. We probably shouldn't discuss that. Because mm-hmm. we know where Australian captaincy is going in a couple of years, so we'll just be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, so like like we talked about, we've, we've mentioned it a couple of podcasts ago, so it's played entirely behind closed doors. Um, this test is played um, at this venue, and the next two tests are played at the same venue, so there's going to be a lot of uh, a turnaround to get that. Um, mm. like we talk, I haven't seen anything about how they're, pre- preparing the, they're preparing the pitch. I have to imagine they're preparing two pitches. Yeah. For the next test, you which means so. it's no, going... No, I just play on the same one. So um, <laughs> that's going to be interesting. Look, that divot's still in there that you know, I put. <laughs> Windies are sort of thinking like, oh, yeah, out in the field on day five, getting ready, maybe just yeah. leave some marks just on the other bit. pitch. Yeah. Maybe they'd have to prepare three and just not tell them which pitch they're going mm. to use for the next test. Mystery pitch. The mystery pitch. No, it's, it's West Indies, it's not Pakistan. 
So um, <laughs> the West Indies are the holders of the trophy after a 2-1 victory in the West Indies last time. So oh, where, right. where do we think it's going to go from here, guys? <sighs> well, the West Indies in West Indies. Mm. And they've got a doctored pitches. I reckon that's probably West Indies. So it's the West Indies in England. Oh, well. It's in yep. England. Oh, it is in England. Too. They won yeah. the last Where series was I in the West thinking? Indies. Um, yeah. Well, that's clearly England in England. <laughs> doctored pitches. <laughs> I'd still like to say the West Indies, but yeah. my heart tells me Ben Stokes will, I don't know, he'll do something amazing to win the series. I I'm going to think, I'm going to go with the West Indies. They've got a really really good bowling attack, and I think both teams are really starting from scratch. They're not running in with any form. You know, they've only had a couple of trial games and the odd first class trial game. Eng- come England in. are starting without their best batsman, and Joe Root's going to be out. And we saw how vulnerable that middle order can be. Well, that top order can be against Australia, and West Indies have a very very good bowling attack. So they've they haven't really got any stable openers yet. You wouldn't say that anyone Rory Burns didn't do anything to get dropped, but he certainly wasn't amazing against Australia. No, he, he still has some. He showed a lot of fight. Deficiencies. Showed a lot of fight, and by the end of the series, looked really gritty. And you know, he's probably going to be around for a little while. But he's certainly not one that the West Indies are looking at. Going, we've got to worry about this Rory Burns fella. No. Like they're they're going to be they're going to be thinking that they're that they've got a, a good chance to expose Rory Burns. I think it's going to come down a lot to how Stokes goes. I think he can he's the kind of player who can take the game away from West Indies very quickly. Mm, I yeah. think that I think the West Indian batsmen need to do a job here because I think the bowling attacks will probably I I, I actually tend to think that um they've probably got a better spinner in Raheem Cornwall than Jack Leach. So yeah. I, I, think, I was looking forward to seeing him in action. He, he's a big fella. I think if the Windy's bowling attack plays to their potential, they've probably just got the edge over England. But I would if, if the West Indies batting lineup doesn't fire, you've got to think the England batsman playing at home with yeah. that um, will probably, you know, might, especially with someone like Ben Stokes in the middle. Um, might grind together a tussle. Their, their batsmen need to fire, but I think the West Indies need to jump on and capitalise on this first test. Yeah, take the first test. No Joe Root, their best batsman they've in their side. Get that game, go one nil up in a three test series, and then put the pressure on England to because England need to win it. Do you think it it might be a little bit much for Stokes? Um, oh, I, I I think so too. I thought Stokes like he, is a very he's odd already choice. batting. He's already bowling. And now he has to lead the side as well. And he has to lead the side in front of more experienced players. I can only imagine that Stuart... Who's more experienced? Oh, other than the, the bowling lineup, I don't yeah. think there's any batsmen that are more experienced. No. No, but um, I just don't think he's been in, in around that long. Um, I mean, does he have... Uh, I don't know if he has captaincy... Um, in his, in his past, in his juniors or anything like that? I don't think I've seen him captain in any sort of... Like, I have to check into his, his domestic career, but I don't think he captains in anything like county or, you know... But do you think maybe someone like like Stuart Broad might be running the show and, and they've just put Stokes up as the the sort of uh, figurehead? I think, I think maybe you'll see it's a bit of captaincy by committee, Yeah, I'd say. Uh, it's only for the one test, so I think they're just like they'll go in with their game plans and um, like Stokes is a smart enough cricketer. I think that so long as he keeps himself fairly level headed, which is um, might be something that's a little more difficult for Stokes. You can certainly tell he's a, he's an emotional player in that sort of Virat yeah. Kohli mold. That mold, you know, you fire him up like he's he's never going to lose it, but you you need to sort of get some fire in the belly. Like he's someone yeah. when you back him against a wall. Like uh, James Anderson's injured, you need to bowl like twelve overs straight, and he'll yeah. he'll get up for those sort of ones. So yeah, um, yeah. But I think if the West Indies get that first test, go one nil up, means England have to win two consecutive tests to get the trophy back. Mm. Um, I think it could be big for them. All they got to do is a win and a draw, and the West Indies get out of that series with a, and they retain the trophy. Obviously, the World Test Championship. Um, means that the more wins you get, the better. But um, I think really good opportunity for the Windies here. Their bowling attack is coming in highly credentialed. They've been in really good form. They've 
they've performed well against England in the past and in the recent past as well. Mm, and they've, and they're got, playing they've got a good Root. sort of amount of experience. You know, Holder's got a lot of tests behind his belt and Kemar Roach is very experienced now. And uh, those English conditions suit that new style that he's got. Yeah. You know, he's not an out-and-out base now. That They've got Gabriel for that. And Gabriel's coming back from a bit of injury, but he looked pretty good in the um, in the trial games that they played, so they're pretty happy with that. Mm. Craig Brathwaite, who we both think is the missing link for that West Indies side, some mm. solid a solid player at the top of the order to sort of see off the new ball and give I these dynamic middle-order players a go. He's hit some form. He got an 80-odd in that um, that trial game. All right, good. So, yeah. and that's his. I think it's it's their performance is going to hinge on him. You know, he's he's the kind of guy, the opener who bats through. You know, and everyone else just yeah, bats around. Even him. if it's even if it's eighty off two hundred odd balls, like you'll take it. You'll take that, and that gives you guys you guys <laughs> like you know. The, I don't want to watch it, but I'll take it. <laughs> the, your dynamic middle order hitters, someone to play around, and I think that's the West Indies get that they're going to go a long way to being. Pushing, like we talk about, pushing for that top in that top three. Yeah, I think definitely. I think yeah. Australia and India are still a class ahead of most other teams. Yeah, um, especially after that New Zealand series, Australia mm, really. Yeah, they, yeah, India India are number one. I think Australia are comfortably number two now. They've taken well, they they won a series or level the series against England in England. Yeah. They've now come out in the number two. Well, they were the number two at the time. Number two test nation in the world came out and Australia blew them out of the park. So I think Australia and India are sitting first and second, and that's ICC rankings aside, whatever. I think that's a genuine representation of yeah. the cricketing landscape. And then yeah. three, four, five, Up for six. You've got Open, you've got New Zealand are probably sitting at three. Four is... England, they're probably your two next best ones. And you got yeah. guys like the West Indies, South Africa, Pakistan, all mm. sort of vying in for that really close thing. And I think if the West Indies can just get some, uh, get someone like a Smith or a Coley or a Root or a Williamson to really lock in and be that talismanic batsman in their middle order, that'll go a long way with that bowling attack, getting them up to Australia and India. Definitely. Yep. All right. So it's going to be a great series to watch if we can watch it. We'll we'll certainly try and find a way. Yeah, um, we will. Our next episode that we do will be um, hopefully following the results of the test. So yeah, strap in. Yeah, hope I'm, it's a great series. I'm ready. I'm going for the West Indies. I think it's going to be. I'm going to go with McGrath. I'm going to go with McGrath statement. I'm going to go. I'm going to go two nil. 2-0 to the Windies. 2-0 to the Windies. Two wins and a draw. Uh, I say I don't I don't see a draw unless it rains. Well, I'm always thinking there's got to be a draw in England because it's going to rain. Yeah. <laughs> uh I'll 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 go 2-1 England. I'm I think I think if they come out of that 2-1 the Windies will think that's about par. That's about what we thought we could do. If they get any, well, that means that, that means the two series would be locked at three three. They've had the la- mm. the last away series was two one windies. Yeah, I don't think they'd be expecting to win over in England, but they will really celebrate if they do. <laughs> It'll be a real real get for them. Oh dear! So that makes I'm going to have to go with the West Indies. You think that you think the Windies are going to win? I think or we're voting with our heart. <laughs> I think so. I. Or they just need to take wickets. If you wanted me to bet my house on it, I'd probably bet that England wins. Mm. But but if I was going to bet your house on it, I'd probably bet the West Indies win. <laughs> <laughs> that just means I have to come moving with you. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, that'll do us for another episode. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, we'd just like to give a shout-out to a fantastic podcasting app that we have got ourselves signed up to. It is Good Pods. Um, all one word, good pods. It's fantastic. It's like Facebook for podcasts. So you go on there, you create a profile, you can follow, you know, you, you, know, you invite as many as your friends to go follow podcasts, follow other podcast listeners. And what comes up in your feed is a list of what they've been listening to. So it's a great way friends interacting, exposing yourself to new podcasts and you can see, okay, my friend here is listening to this one. I haven't heard this before. I'll give that a go. Uh, we're on it. 
we would love to see more and more of our listeners get involved on on Good Pods. So please, um, it's available on all of the app stores. So your Apple, um, your Apple App Store, or your Android App Store. Good Pods, join up, create a profile, find two slips in a gully, follow us, listen to our episodes. Um, there's a there's features in there to leave comments on on the episodes and start discussions. Uh, we would love to see all of our faithful two slips in a gully listeners getting involved and joining on this app. Even if yep. you. It, it, it just opens up and there's so many other podcasts available. So we'd love to see you there. If not, like always, we're available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, all those wonderful places. Spotify as well for you Spotify users. We're on there. Um, and, yes, we're all done. And we will join you again next week. See you later. See ya. Over. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.